Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Welcome to the Future of Influence. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and today I'm chatting with Ken Van Lu. Ken is founder and CEO of Global Real Estate Strategies and can be found online at kenvanlu.com. Ken, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sandy. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Ken, tell us a little bit about Global Real Estate Strategies. What are you doing there and how are you helping clients? Yes, Global Real Estate Strategies has evolved into a real estate advisory and real estate development firm. Started a long time ago with uh, with a company originally KJV Development when I had a lot of ego 20 years ago and developed my first project. And you know, what we realized over time is that if we help people get what they want to achieve, we'll always get what we want to achieve. So Global Real Estate Strategies was formed it was probably about eight years ago when we wanted to really start to reach out and get involved in some international projects, which uh, we had. And then with COVID, we kind of, you know, moved back into the United States and things and, you know, focused on New York City and, and the metropolitan area. Um, and, you know, Global is is out there developing their own projects. We're developing a former Larson's Turkey Farm in Chester, New Jersey, which is a mixed use Um still doing some advisory work throughout the country. We have clients in in many different states. And, you know, we have another project in Bedminster, New Jersey, and some things in North Carolina. So Global's keeping real busy doing that kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit about who your clients are. Who do you work with? Sure. You know, we, we work with real estate developers most of the time, real estate investors that are purchasing. And sometimes we help people with construction you know, on our third party services. But most of the time we're, you know, pretty much focused on our own projects with the entitlement process, our own construction and raising money. And, you know, so we're, we're out there, you know, doing, you know, a little bit of each, but on, on, as far as the percentage side, you know, we're, we're really trying to focus a little bit more on, on some of our projects so that people don't think we're competing with them, but we're always there helping on an advisory role in real estate or construction or, claims, anything that, you know, that helps them achieve what they want. So how did you come to start Global Real Estate Strategies? I assume this isn't something you started when you turned 18 and became an adult and said, hey, I want to start a business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's been an evolution. It's funny because when I was 18, I read the book um, by Robert Allen, No Money Down. And at that time, I was actually 17 and I had graduated and I couldn't afford to buy a car. And I was like, how is somebody buying real estate with no money down and I can't buy a car, you know? But went on to school and, you know, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. I wanted to be an engineer, but I created the six-year plan in college, you know, from playing a lot of football and not studying it well. So six years later, I finally received an engineering degree and I won an award for site development and it planted the seed, but I really, you know, I didn't have many resources and I went and got a job. I, be, I started working as an engineer and I designed a couple sites and I really was fascinated by site design. 
And, you know, just stepping back when I was 16, 17, I had some construction experience. So as I got out into the world of engineering, I was like, I'd rather be outside talking with people um, instead of sitting at a board, you know, doing engineering. So I, I, you know, I branched out into construction. I was probably 20 something years old. I had just graduated and I had a chance to build a project in Poughkeepsie, New York. And sure enough, I moved up there and I had a chance to be the superintendent and the project management. We did this 32 unit building in Poughkeepsie at about 23 years old. It took a year or two. And then I landed a job working for the LEFRAC organization where I was a super on two 33 story buildings. And that lit up my career, which led to a developer going, well, you know, if you want to be, you know, the best in the business, you know, come do some buildings for me and then go to New York City, because that's like the all-star game. And if you build in New York City, you can pretty much go anywhere in the world. So that's how it kind of all started. And, you know, I, um, you know, at one point just kept advancing my degrees. I became a professional engineer and got a couple master's degrees and realized that, you know, all this education really wasn't showing me how to make money. So, you know, KJV development evolved. We developed the $17 million project using other people's, other people's money, other people's experience, other people's money. That went on probably until the 2008 crash when uh, we, we lost $300 million in one day. And then by 2012 is when we created Global Real Estate Strategies. And that's kind of the quick snapshot of 20 years how you know, global. It was overnight success that took about 125,000 hours. But uh, if you know what I mean. I do. And one of the moments that strikes me is this time period where you moved from working as an engineer, working for other people to starting KJB. It seems that you would need a lot of influence to start that type of a company. And I'm curious what it looked like as you went along, how you grew that kind of influence and then how you leveraged it to begin this company. Well, great question. Yeah. So yeah, KJV was, um, you know, this ego, my initials, I'm going to be this developer. I can do it. And I guess, you know, my, you know, and it's such a cliche, but I guess my biggest strength was my mindset that, you know, I had twins and we couldn't have children for a while. So I was, I was up there in life and wasn't doing great financially. And I'm like, you know, I really need to make a move here, you know, in order to give my family what I want. And, you know, there were a lot of nights where I was wondering like what I was going to do. I had this construction experience. I knew how to build buildings. I knew how to engineer them, but I didn't know how to finance them and kind of make it work. And I, back then I started thinking, you know, and I eventually wrote the book, The Modern Wealth Building Formula. And it all started with, you know, how could I earn fees to get the ball rolling? And, you know, I, a lot of sleepless nights, I, I realized there was nine different ways in real estate to earn fees. And that if I could put a $10 million project in the pipeline for myself, you know, I could pay myself a 5% development fee. So I was, you know, very focused on fees and, you know, a lot of planning and you know, KJV development evolved, you know, crazily from working all day, waking up at five in the morning, working probably till about six and going to school at night um, for many, many years and working KJV development probably from 1997 to 1999 before I first broke ground on my first project. And, you know, it took two years of, of strengthening my mind uh, of just realizing, you know what, I think he could do this. And once I realized it could do it. It kept me up late at night. And I was like, wow, if I can learn nine, nine different ways to earn fees, I don't have a lot of equity, but you know, maybe I can 
figure out how to raise equity. And, and I remember sitting there and realizing, okay, I'm, I'm making $175,000 a year, big shot in the city. And if I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. So I, I remember the day, you know, and, and we were making money and we still couldn't afford things back then. You know, it, it, you know, interest rates were 18% on my mortgage. It was crazy. And, um, you know, my, my wife said, you know, my mom's company is having this golf outing. You should go play golf. I felt guilty to go play golf at a country club, but I went and, you know, I was, I was golfing and I, I literally started daydreaming like, wow, maybe I could belong to a country club one day, you know? And we got done and the country club was having some financial difficulties and they had an executive special. And I convinced my wife to take $5,000 out of my savings. And I joined this country club with the idea, like, if I can hang out with people that have money, I, I'm just going to tell them my story and I'm going to be honest and I'm going to, I'm going to raise money and build real estate, you know? So sure enough, I, by the fourth round, I was playing with someone, a young, very successful man who I told my story and he invested $100,000 in KJV development based on I was going to go out and buy projects to develop and he would be a partner. And sure enough, I left my $175,000 job with this strong belief system and a system on how I would earn fees and eventually get more ownership as I you know, worked myself up the ladder and got stronger. And I raised like $1.7 million through that country club, doing presentations, like going, I remember Kinko's back then or something. We'd get the boards with the vinyl. I would, I would do the graphs. I'd show what the rate of return was. I had my, my little pointer, you know, and everything that I would use. And, and I just went through the school of hard knocks, you know, back then, because, you know, I had all this education and, you know, it was really about relationships and, you know, you know, just through believing, you know, that I could do it. Um, I, it was really through talking to people where an architect introduced me to a dentist that led me to a 12 acre site that I secured with, with no money down. And that led to a $17 million, 113 bed, 72,000 square foot assisted living facility. And then we kind of never looked back. So it, it was, it was fun. And I, a little long winded there, Sandy, I didn't mean to hijack the conversation. <laughs> it's a great story, Ken. And you circled around at the end because as you were talking, it, what struck me was when you said you were just honest in telling your story. And it sounds like that was the kind of the, I won't say the first step, because as you mentioned, your mindset was a big piece, right? So mindset and then conversation, sharing your story. And then of course, getting results for people. Yes. You help yes. people invest their money and make good money, make a good return on that money. That is going to also increase your influence. Yes. So going through that process, what do you see as the biggest challenge along the way? Yeah, the, the biggest challenge was, you know, there's there's no manual sometimes to do this, you know, when you're in your own business, you know, and you know, you have to trust people. I trusted people, you know, I, I swam with sharks for, for, for years and years and years. And, you know, some people, you know, don't do what they say they're going to do, but, you know, you have, you have to trust. And what I believed and, you know, I've always done is, is look at mentorship and, you know, there's not a lot of shortcuts in life. So if someone can take you under your wing and, you know, save you a little time and guide you, you know, that's real key. Um, you know, not, not being afraid to ask, you know, I, I never, um, I, I was never afraid to ask. I found myself, um, 
trying to mirror and model. And I learned that, you know, from my self-development training with Tony Robbins, you know, like who are the people that have done what you want to do and build rapport with them and, you know, you know, give them, I, I call it relationship value, you know, so that, you know, so that ultimately, you know, you'll get relationship value, but it, it's really a giving receiving type of thing. And, you know, I guess if I were to, you know, say, you know, you could just never give up, you know, there was so many times where, I sat in my basement. I, I wasn't paying myself wondering like, you know, how am I going to do this? And, you know, it just works out, you know, and, and I think it's all because of the faith and the belief systems that you have. So mentorship sounds like something that is very important to you. What advice do you have for us around finding a mentor or working with them or even being one ourselves? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a great, statement at the end there like you can be a mentor today you know if you go start helping somebody today you're you're you know you're going to get a lot out of that mentorship and that's going to bring leadership but w- what i find is what i did and you know i'm not saying i figured it out myself i went you know each year i would spend you know sometimes a lot of money you know uh, but at least 10 percent of my revenue probably on personal development and and you know there you know i, I would you know, i didn't read a lot of you know, wild stories. I would always read personal development stories. So, you know, I, you know, I list, I had a couple mentors, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, you know, following the success principles and, you know, taking that mentorship and then create, you know, kind of taking your own ownership of the mentorship. And then, like you said, paying it forward. You know, one of the things that I think is so important is that we pay it forward. So the mentorship we get, we move it forward. But what I really learned is just keep it simple and match what they're doing you know don't try to reinvent the wheel you know you know technology has changed things but you know lose your ego your ego is going to kill your dreams you know sometimes um that got in the way a lot for me and um you know i just you know lose your ego giving is receiving mirror and model your mentors and don't be afraid to ask and never give up so as you have grown this business, as you've grown your influence, how are you using your influence now? And how do you plan to grow that and use it moving forward? Yeah, you know, I using my influence now to what, what I believe is, is help people succeed in, in real estate. And um, I'm always asking, you know, what can I do to serve you and, and help, you know, inroads. I, I know that it takes time to get relationships. So there's a, you know, I'm, I'm big on sourcing um, and, and helping people get to the right people at the, at the right time. You know, for example, this past, um, this past month we were in Key West and we were speaking at a, uh, at a coaching event. It was called Heroes. And as part of that event, we teamed up with Robert Allen, my mentor, No Money Down, and we raised over $700,000 for the blind along with Sean Callaghan. And I, I was the cause of that. You know, no one really knows it. I, I kind of laid behind the scenes, but that's kind of the stuff that I'm doing to try to help influence people. And just the relationships we we made out of that. I mean, after that raise, we, we all went on a catamaran and we went snorkeling with just 65 of the most extraordinary people. And, you know, that's going to just lead, that's like, a ripple effect that's going to go through the country. And then the week before that, um, I spoke at an event of just a bunch of real estate masterminds in Tampa. And that's really where I'm trying to pay it forward. You know, if I, if I can 
give an ecosystem value or a you know a relationship value to someone with influence then my influence will be able to expand at a more accelerated rate and that's really where i'm focused now is, is how to accelerate my influence to help others throughout the world well ken i appreciate that idea of how you're using your influence and even going back to that idea of mentorship that being a mentor ourselves is another way of using the influence that we've gained. So where can we find you online, Ken? The easiest way to, you know, if you want to talk to me on the phone is go to kenvanloo.com. There's, there's all kinds of buttons. Discover now, I'll get you a free 45 minute strategy session. I believe my book is there for, for free pay for postage. A lot of new things coming, you know, just drop me a line, go to kenvanloo.com. And would love to talk to you and help you, you know, move it forward. And Lou is spelled L-I-E-W. So KenVanLou.com. Well, thank you for taking time to be with us today, Ken, for sharing your story and insights and helping us get a little different perspective. Absolutely, Sandy. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.